Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Sam Jacobs joins me down the line ahead of a massive showdown clash on Saturday night. We have the bullish conversation about the importance of Ruckman. We also chat Willie Rioli's half-successful appeal. Will Buddy Franklin go again? And the best clutch players in the game. There's also a few big contract announcements over the last 24 hours, including Taylor Walker's new one-year deal. That's all coming up on this edition of Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis in the world of AFL. It is Wednesday the 26th of July. Abs here and down the line from sunny South Australia, Sam Jacobs joins us today. Big Sauce, always great to see you. Abby, it is very well, and it's even better when it's showdown week in Adelaide. So oh it's, my uh, I know. Goodness. I know. So it's a big week over here. This is massive. Round three, Adelaide got it done against Port Adelaide. But after that game, they went bang, bang, bang. It was 13 on the trot. Port sits second. The Crows currently 13th. But we're South Australians. We know how this works. Showdown weeks, it is the only thing that you talk about with your friends, with your family, with your, your football enemies. Yep. If, you, if you're a Crows fan, you hate Port Adelaide. And if you're a Port <laughs> fan, you hate the Crows. That's just the way it works. It certainly does divide the state. And I think the good thing is now it's actually getting recognised nationally as well. And um, I think if, you know, if we didn't have Carlton Collingwood on Friday night, I dare say this game probably would have been next in line. So um, starting to get the airtime it deserves and it's, the game's getting better and hopefully the the Crows can keep trending upwards and Porter obviously around the mark and the game can keep growing. We'll get to show down at a little more depth yep. um, in just a few moments, but let's run through some of the big news stories out of the last 24 hours. First and foremost, it's Willie Rioli's half-successful appeal, yeah. I guess you could call it. He he got that two-match suspension on Nathan Murphy downgraded just to one week, so he will miss the showdown, but do you think that's fair? I, I think one week is is probably fair enough. I think yeah. two was probably overs. Like it, it, we know what really Willie Rioli was trying to do, sort of push him off, and you know there wasn't any any real malice intended there. And unfortunately, you got him high. But I think also there's probably an element of you know you can't just unfortunately hit people high. So um, I think one's probably the right spot. And um, unfortunately, he misses the showdown because it would have been yeah. great to have him involved. But um, I think Port will be a lot happier because they got Geelong the week after. So um, I think that's a, a little win for them that um, Willie's only got the one week. Absolutely. Another story that's floating around. Robbo has come out and said Buddy could play on for another year after a big turnaround in his form. We know that he's been in and out of the side with injury uh, this year and through management. But how, how do you see this? Because Buddy Franklin, he's 36. He, he's one of the legends of the game. There's no doubt about that. We want to see him playing for as long as he possibly can. But where do you sit on this one? I think I've always been in the uh, the thought that, you know, if you can go one more, you'd rather have gone one too many than one less. Um, but I think the only sort of thing with that is, and, and being Buddy Franklin, is Buddy won't be playing um, VFL or in the two. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're a player that, um, you know, you, you try and go the one more year and you end up playing a bit of VFL footy or a bit of state league footy, it's it's not a big deal. But you just don't see Buddy Franklin playing um, at that level. So I guess Sydney are going to be in a position where, you know, if, if you're going to play him, you, you have to sort of commit to him for the, for the full year. And who knows what they've got in the pipe works and their forward line. But, you know, it, it potentially can buy Logan McDonald another year of development. Um, and, and Buddy, 
he still gets the best defender. He still finds a way to kick his two or three three goals and have a few shots on goal, and he just creates havoc. So I think, you know, without having all the, the indicators and the stats behind it is, I'm sure there's other ways that he's contributing other than purely just his his um, his stats and his output. So it's going to be an interesting one, and I guess when you've got a champion like that, it's, it's, you're going to have to be a pretty big move to, to push him out. Talk to us about how hard it is to get to that decision and making you know, the, the decision that's best for you and your family. You're a great example of this. So you tapped out with a year left on yep. your contract. How hard was it to get to that decision? And you can only just imagine, you know, the things that are running through Buddy's mind when it comes to potentially stepping away from the game or continuing on. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, and, and once again, because of his status, he's not going back and having a kick with his mates at local footy either. So I guess, you know, and we know Buddy throughout his whole career has just said how much he loves the game and loves playing footy. And for him, when his last game comes, that that is probably, you know, he's going to be done. So for him, I'm sure he wants to absolutely empty the tank. And, um, you know, selfishly, it'd be great to see him go around again because there's another yeah. year we get Buddy Franklin. So, <laughs> um, but at the same time, and, and once again, it's it's probably a bit of a list management decision with Sydney is, is do they, what stocks do they got coming from behind Buddy? Is, is he going to hold someone out or is there an up, another opportunity to be able to, for him to hold that post for another year? I personally hope that Buddy Franklin goes again, but I do hope and if the Sydney Football Club are listening to this yeah. if he has decided to step away at the season's end we need a, a goodbye game we yes. need to be able to celebrate him whether it is at the SCG or on the road uh, I would hate nothing more than two weeks post-season Buddy Franklin and Sydney coming out yeah. and saying I'm, I'm retiring I, th- I think we need a big celebration we need an event that if he is to walk away where we can all say thank you and celebrate what he's done for the game Absolutely, and it's probably one you'd love to know earlier because every every ground or every state would love the opportunity oh, to yeah. say goodbye and, and to watch Buddy one more time because he's been such a such a great of the game. But um, you like to think these conversations are probably having they're having that now because there is only five weeks left. Like the week, yeah. the year's flying by, and like you said, you don't want to get to a position where you're two weeks out and he wants to go on and Sydney think otherwise, and then it just you know it gets a bit messy. So. Um, if that comes, if push comes to shove, I'd like to see him uh, hopefully get one more if, if that's the way it goes. On the other hand, you've got Taylor Walker. Everybody oh, no. thought that the this man Texan. was done. Well, I think he thought he was done. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was done, but it, it's come out yesterday. He has signed a one-year contract extension. What's changed? Because a, as we said a year ago, we probably didn't think that we would be seeing him past 2023, but yeah. his form has been unbelievable this year and what he's producing for that forward line individually and the way that he's bringing everybody into the game around him, geez, it's impressive. Yeah, I think he's told his wife Ellie he's uh, he's going to be retiring for the last three years or this is going to be my <laughs> last year for the last three years. So um, I guess that, that COVID year we, we spoke about um, um, before off air and um, he, he had a challenging year. I think he only kicked 15 goals from the you know the 15 games or something like that. And But I think ever since then he's, he's had a real shift of, of mindset and he's sort of, I think having the kids around has sort of freed him up because even talking to him a lot and obviously he's one of my good mates so I'll speak to him a bit about it is that he can just he's just free now like every every game he plays is a bonus game or every year he goes he just he didn't see himself playing this long so I think him and, and probably Sloaney as well they're just loving the moment having their kids around playing footy having fun so um, I guess when you're in that that mindset you can sort of free yourself a bit and, and just play footy. What does this mean for Rory Sloan? You just mentioned him. Tex, yeah. obviously a past captain of the club. Rory's in a similar position. 
He's coming back from an ACL reconstruction and we know that it takes time to really hit yeah. the straps and, and find that form again. But Tex was actually asked about this yesterday. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think Sloaney goes again as well. I think um, probably similar. I think the impact that they're both having, um, we know Tex's, Tex's on-field performance really high and, you know, he probably sits behind Charlie Kernow in, in the Coma medal and probably he, he probably almost gets that All-Australian second key forward spot as it stands at the moment. But um, we know Sloaney's challenges. He's had... Um, he's had um, with his knee or whatever, but the thing for Sloney is he he he's versatile, so he doesn't have to be. You know, Tex is a key forward. That's what he is. Sloney can yeah. play can play a bit of wing, can play a bit of on ball, um, and you know, there's there's the opportunity. He doesn't have to play every game next year, but I think the output you're going to get from him, you know, in the locker room with his leadership and all that yeah. sort of stuff as well. I think it's I think it'll be great, and I guess there is a little bit of fairy tale in me that love to see them both go out at the same time. I think it cost yes. us if Sloan went this year and Tex next year. So um, hopefully they both get one more and. and can squeeze a little bit more out. Yeah, brilliant leader for the young boys around the club, as you said. But how funny was it? Tex, a bit of a whack on Kane Corns yesterday <laughs> in his that? interview. Somebody <laughs> said, oh, you're great, mate, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> he comes out with it. Please don't refer to him oh, as no. my mate. People might think that's just for the cameras, but no, that's Tex. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you know how we speak about that that Port Adelaide and Crows hatred for each other? I think those two have it in spades. Hey, how will they mitigate the loss of Rankin? It was devastating in the final moments of the game on the weekend to see him go out with that hammy. He's been such a crucial part once again. To, to that forward line, he can he can play up the ground as well. But how do they mitigate that loss? Yeah, I think I think the other part of that is that Rochelle's still out as well. So not only are you missing Rankin, you're actually missing Rochelle from your forward line as well. Whammy. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and Ned McHenry, he he went out of the team, and you know you're not going to replace um, the talent of Isaac Rankin with one player. It's going to take a, a team effort and. I guess it's just something we're going to have to go back to last year where we, we had periods of time where, you know, obviously Isaac wasn't at the club and, and Josh um, was injured for a little bit. So they're just going to have to do it by committee. You know, Ned McHenry is going to have to come, probably come back in. Um, Lockie Murphy is going to have to step up. All these guys are going to have to step up and, and help contribute. And I guess the thing is that the, they played a really strong last quarter against Melbourne. I think it was seven goals yeah. to two or seven goals to three. And um, obviously Isaac played a little bit of the last quarter, but there was a period of time where he didn't play. So hopefully they can sort of just rally and do it, as I said, do it by committee rather than just relying on one person. And um, obviously Tex is going to have a big, big uh, impact up there again, obviously missing those two. So um, hopefully a few others can, can step up and, and, you know, take, take charge. Unfortunately as well, Nick Murray, it was confirmed that he has yeah. done that ACL. So he'll be missing from this side for, for potentially 12 months, which is devastating as well. But I called this on thir- um, on Monday, sorry, with yeah. Daisy and Jay, but Adelaide are a better ranked side than 13th on the ladder, aren't we? That, Definitely. That's, that's, Definitely. That's statistically where we sit. We. Yep. <laughs> There's my allegiances. Um, we oh, sit like in 13th that. spot, but a better side than what that depicts. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the Giants is probably the, the one game that sort of got away because, oh, you know, the Mel- such a big opportunity. Yeah, because Melbourne and MCG, not too many people would have given us a real chance anyway. And I think from here, obviously, the showdown is a showdown, as, as we've mentioned. But I think the, the leap forward that the, the boys have taken this year has obviously been, um, been impressive. And um, the club sort of come out and have said that, you know, 2024 is the year, which we'd like to think that we're going to be right up amongst the uh, – amongst the finals but I think this year we've shown enough to show that we should be in the conversation for for finals and and our best is certainly good enough and and Nixie speaks about it a lot is we just need to do it consistently for four quarters Um, we've shown in patches that we can score and score heavily Um, we can defend well Um, we're getting tested at the moment with depth
depth. I think we've been re- pretty, uh, you know, Darren Burgess done a fantastic job so far with our, our, our injuries and all that sort of stuff. So we are getting exposed a little bit now with with injuries and, and our depth. So it's good that guys can come in who, who get an opportunity, haven't had an opportunity. So um, for me, that's where the, the, the growth will come from the back end of the year is, is guys getting opportunity haven't um, previously. Yeah, they're playing an exciting brand of footy, they do. aren't they? So big test. Showdown, yep. Saturday yep. night. Yeah, I know. Lock it in your hopefully diaries. La- hopefully Laddie can come back as well. So he's uh, in just yes. last week as well. So another big in who could come in and, and play that part as well. Absolutely. We love the way that Laddie goes about his footy. Hey, uh, let's keep it with the South Australian flavour with you on the yep. show today. Mason Redman, five years with the Bombers. There was so much speculation. He's a South Australian boy. Yeah. Would he come home or would he stay? But he's come out and said that he thinks Brad is the best senior coach that he's ever had uh, and says that he will be the coach to take Essendon to their next premiership. It's nice that this one's locked away because as a, as a player, you just want to get in, you know, stuck into your footy and there's been a lot of speculation around Redmond. Yeah, well, first of all, it's, it's great for Brad Scott because he does. He seems like he's got the boys and everyone's loving him and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and Craig Vozzo, who's my former manager, is, is CEO there as well. So they've had a, a, f- a few key changes and... Um, it, it, it would have been a hit for him if they lost um, Redmond. Obviously, the Crows have been speculated to, to be right in um, for the running for, for Redmond. But it's just the lift that the boys get from from him, him re-signing. And obviously, we know Parrish is the other one who who's um, out of contract at the moment. But, um, you know, Red, Redmond's a South Australian, yes. He's from Millicent, which is down the southeast. And I know he played for Glenelg, but he didn't spend heaps of time in Adelaide. So he doesn't have real strong ties. But it's just great to hear. I, I love the loyalty in the game. I love seeing players re-sign. And... Um, um, you know, no one can question that he's worthy of a five-year deal. He plays a great role for yeah. them at halfback. And the best thing as well is Abby, he's got a bit of spunk to him, doesn't he? He's got he his does. goal celebrations. <laughs> he's, he's got the uh, the man bun as well. So we love to see those characters in the game. Uh, absolutely. He sent the rumour mill flying when he bought a place. I know that he's from Millicent, but he bought <laughs> in South Australia. So we were like, oh, maybe that's yeah, I know, exactly. coming home. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> what about Brody Grundy, uh, another fellow ruckman? Yeah. Port Adelaide? Could that be an option for him? We don't want to say that he's going to leave Melbourne, um, yeah. but there are other clubs around the league that are in dire need for some more ruck depth. Well, Brody Grundy's the second best ruckman, um, you know, arguably in the game right now, and he's yeah. he's playing forward in the VFL. So um, I'd love to see Brody back playing regular AFL footy because um, you know the Gorn and Grundy. Um, clash before they obviously teamed up this year was was an absolute highlight and I guess for me someone who who I love Maxi like Maxi's for me you know probably yeah. the greatest ruckman of my time anyway so to see them back back colliding and playing against each other would be great but yeah he's too good to be playing VFL and I know Melbourne are committed to trying to see it through but for me it sort of makes sense that he, he gets back he gets that number one ruck mantle because he, he is a number one ruckman through and through Brody. How much does it piss you off at the moment, the conversation around Ruckman becoming less important? I'm about to a marry lot, one. A lot. I'm about to marry I a know. Ruckman. So I will go into bat hell for leather for you guys. But yeah. I hate this conversation. So do I. I dare someone not to play Ruckman. So that, <laughs> <laughs> I'd Put love Caleb to see, Daniel in the Ruck yeah, and see exactly what happens. Right. Let's see them play against Max Gorn in the prelim final and see how that, see how that goes. So that's my answer is I dare someone not to do it. So... Um, I, I get the idea that people say, you know, Jeremy Finlayson and, and, and thinking about this before coming on air, he, he's the prototype that everyone says, you look at Jeremy Finlayson, he, he adds so much around the ground, can just compete in the ruck. But those players are a dime a dozen. Like there's not many Finlaysons around who can do it. Yeah. And also he's Port Adelaide's leading goal kicker. So if you're going to take him out of Port Adelaide's forward line, all it does is create another issue. So um, I think the way 
rucks sort of evolved. I think absolutely it's it's probably just one ruck and a key forward or whoever can pinch hit. Mm. Um, but I think you're treading a fine line if it comes to finals time. And, you know, it's like it, it, the game's a lot more congested. There's a lot more stoppages. And if you've got Max Gorn at 208 versus someone who's 196 centimetres, good luck because he's just going to thump the ball forward and he's going to take total control. So um, for everyone, and I know Lee, uh, Joey, Joey's one that isn't massive on Ruckman. I'd like to see them uh, put someone who's not a Ruckman against uh, Maxie Gorn or Rowan Marshall or someone like that. Oh, let's put Joey up against you <laughs> and see what happens there. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Hey, good start by you. It is half time of Footy Talk. Stay with us. If you're listening on Spotify, you know what to do. Hit the bell. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Sam Jacobs joins us down the line, but Ethan Meldrum has jumped in to the studio with his three stats for the day. Ethan, always great to see you. What do you got for us today? G'day, Abs. G'day, Sauce. It's probably the, most, probably the most national we've ever been. One of us in Adelaide, one of us in Sydney, <laughs> one of us in Melbourne today on Footy Talk. Um, I want to start, I want to, t- I want to touch on one of your former teammates, Sauce, Sam Taylor. Uh, he's only played the 11 games this year, having an incredible record, one-on-one particularly. There's a, l- a little bit of chatter about whether he's played enough games to make the All-Australian team. We'll probably get to that in a second. Of all the players who have defended 30 one-on-one contests or more in a season, he ranks number one for, for win rate. That's among 593 players. So he's defended 44 one-on-ones. Yep. He's won 27, drawn 14, lost three. That's the best win rate in a season at the moment of all all time, ahead of Darcy Moore 2021, ahead of Jeremy McGovern 2020. So he's plus 24 wins you know, ahead of losses. That's seven off the all-time record as well, despite only playing 11 games. Had a remarkable season so far. He's a bit, been a big pillar behind what the Giants are doing at the moment, Source. The thing with Slammer is uh, he's just the most competitive person you'll ever meet. Slammer. Like that, that, Slammer. Slam, We're going to need the story behind Slammer. Yeah. Slammer. I don't know. Well, that, that was his nickname when I got to the Giants, so you'd have to ask a few of the Giants boys. But um, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's just the most competitive, stubborn person you'll ever meet. Like, hates even losing an argument sort of thing. So um, he's he's an absolute ripper. And I, I think providing he doesn't miss and he gets to – well, that well, that get him to 16 games – I think the 16, 17 is probably your minimum. And I think because he's been so dominating um, and because he got it last year as well, he's already sort of got it in his possession that I think he's the rightful uh, rightful owner of, of that All-Australian spot for sure. How impressed are you with GWS this year? They didn't start well at all. What they've been doing the last couple of months has been incredible to watch. Yeah, I think because Adam Kingsley sort of brought his own style in. So they've, they've made some tweaks, they've made some adjustments and all that sort of stuff. And it's a, it's a different Giants team to the one that, you know, made the grand final in 2019. They've sort of not rebuilt, but they've sort of regenerated on the fly sort of thing. So, they, they, you know, they keep bringing these new picks and, you know, players like Finn Callahan and, and these yeah. types that have come in, they're actually playing a massive role for the Giants. So um, it's great to see and it's good to see him doing well. And um, it's just great to see Toby up and about. And, you know, the more... The more uh, the more fanfare he can get, the better because he deserves every bit of it. He is he is arguably top top three player in the comp right now. We love Toby, don't we? We do, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're all big Toby fans on this show. I want to move on to another former team of yours, Source, and that's Carlton. Their stoppage game on the weekend. So we sort of touched on it a little bit last week. It went to another level against West Coast. I mean, there's sort of you know I suppose there's an asterisk over what you do against West Coast. They went plus 82 points from stoppage. 
against West Coast. I can see Source shaking his head. Yeah. That's the third highest Huge. number ever recorded. Scores from stoppage first came in in 0-2, the champion data. Third highest number ever. The two bigger numbers were a West Coast win by 120 points over the Western Bulldogs back in 2011 and Geelong's 186-point win over Melbourne also in 2011. Uh, Josh Kennedy kicked 10 goals in that game as well, that West Coast one. So over the last five weeks, over their five-week winning run, they're plus 207 points from stoppage. That's the highest ever in a five-week stretch recorded by Champion Data. Ahead of Sydney, they went plus 181 in 2016, made the grand final. Geelong, plus 178 in 2011, won the flag. It's a really high number. That's not to say Carlton will win the flag. They've got to make finals yet. Yeah. But it's a really high number and something that's really turned their season around. I think if you look back to last week, it's it's um, Chera didn't play and Cripps didn't play. So it actually pays... Um, you know, credit to their system and, and what they're trying to do there. I think now they're starting to flick the ball around more and, and whatnot as well. It not only helps with their, um, you know, winning the stoppages, it's obviously improving their efficiency and going forward as well. But it just seems like they sort of had to go through that 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 hard period to sort of free themselves up to go, all right, let's 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 strip back exactly what we're trying to do. And um, you heard Charlie Kerno say that they had a players-only meeting and um, no season starts until you have a players-only meeting. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're obviously they're playing a lot freer. Now they're playing some really good form and who knows, they're going to be dangerous in the, in the, you know, the last five games. I think a few great Northerns might have been consumed <laughs> at that players' meeting. But, Source, the question is, will that system stack up against the top sides? And, and Collingwood this Friday night, yes, they're not going to kick 82 points from stoppage. The Pies will not allow you yeah. to do that defensively. But they still need to be able to highlight in that area and, and their midfields go head-to-head with one of the very best. Well, I think that's a big question coming into finals. And, and obviously, we love what Collingwood are doing. They're, they're fantastic yeah. to watch. But we know they lost a couple of close games in the finals um, series last year. And finals footy is different. It, it's not that real free-flowing. And you saw the way Port played on Saturday night against um, Collingwood. Is they're, they're a forward-half team, whereas Collingwood generate a lot of their, their scoring from the back half, which in finals, when the pressure's up, the game's a lot more congested, you know, you're nervous and all that sort of stuff. It it's it's a it is a bit of a different game, and um, that's where I think Carlton is going to be able to hold up because they play they play such a strong contested style, and they're such a, a powerful team from stoppage. So, I, I'd like to think, and and now when you got Michael Voss as your coach, you, you're going to play a hard finals brand, aren't you? He's yeah. not going to coach a team that's um, you know against his uh, against the way he played. So, I'm bullish on Carlton. I think if they can get there, they'll, they'll they can do some damage. Absolutely agreed. We'll move on. Most clutch players in the competition. We are talking about this a little bit off air. So I did some rankings of how players perform when the margins are goal or less to three-quarter time. We were stunned to not see Jamie Elliott in this list. I thought he would be. What like, do you mean, Jamie what Elliott? What does he do? List? Blame champion data. I'm just a messenger here. <laughs> Don't shoot me for it. Um, so the most clutch players in the competition. So player ratings points when the margins are goal or less to three-quarter time. Right now, Darcy Parrish ranks number one. Jacob Van Royen is second. I think that's due to that Anzac Day or Anzac Eve game he had uh, back earlier in the season. Uh, there's three Ruckman in the top 15. I want to Sounds give them about some, right. I, I want, about right. I want to give them some credit here, Sauce. <laughs> I'm going to sit on the fence between you and so, Joey on so that. So what's one. so, Eve? What's when you say clutch? Is is we're not talking purely scoring? Are we talking um, efficiency? throughout that period? Yeah, all sorts of things. So that player yeah. ratings metric comes down to effectively how how much impact you, yep. you have on the game. That can be scoring. That can be goal assists. That can, that can be like a really effective kick down the line, finding a teammate 
and not turning it over, not costing your team yeah. the other way. Champion Data's got some real secret herbs and spices about this. So it's it's all complicated and all in-house, but it seems to stack up, up over time. Like Marcus Bontempelli, Nick Dacos, the two highest rated players in the yeah. competition this year. I think Zach Butters is third. Petrarch is up there as well. So it does seem to stack up over time. The highest, like Rory Laird at the moment is seventh on that list for highest rated players in the fourth quarter. He's also one of the most improved players in the last quarter. We'll give it a little bit of a showdown flavor. So the most improved players relative to how they normally play, who are going to play in the showdown this week. Yep. Lockie Murphy is number one. Murph. So his player ratings jump 65% in final quarters when the margin is a goal or less to three-quarter time. It's, prob- it's probably all because of his smothers. All, all Mur- Murph, we, we got a joke here, he just loves to smother. <laughs> I don't know what the numbers are, but he's the, he's the best smother in the game at the moment. Does that explain the long sleeves? A little bit of sort of like protection <laughs> on the arms? Is that- bit, bit of NBA, just like uh, protect your arms, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> so Murph is first. Jason Horn francis is second. Uh, he's done a lot of really good things this yeah. year. Rory Laird third. Jeremy Finley. Layson fourth and Sam Powell Pepper fifth. Isaac Rankin sixth, of course, won't be playing the showdown this week. There's a lot of players there, a lot of like interesting, like small forwards, mid forwards sort of thing who really improve late in the game. If the showdown's going to be close and it has been historically a lot, then they're the players who step up. Yeah, it's, and, and and looking at that list and, and Finn's one of my Jeremy Finlayson's one of my good mates. You probably won't mind me saying, but all those other guys, they're really strong contested players. Um, so there's no secret to see, or no surprise to see Jason Horn Francis and and Ken's come out a couple of times when the game's been close and they've been in their big streak. Horn Francis has been a guy who's probably you know been quiet in the first three quarters by his standards, and then he's really lifted in the last quarter. So um, I think that's the other thing with Port. They're building a team that's that's like you said. There's Butters on there as well. Rosie's not on the list, but he. He's, he's a clutch player as well. Pale Pepper, we know we know what he's like in the contest. They've got a lot of guys that when they need to get in the trenches, they're prepared, prepared to put their head in the hole. Good stats, Heath. Oh, yeah, were, great stats. stats. They were rippers for your Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, let's get a tip quickly for the showdown. Um, second v 13th. This, that, that doesn't say what we need to say about this showdown. It is a massive game. It'll be a sellout in Adelaide, yeah. Adelaide Oval. Who are you going with? Well, we'll probably know who me and you are going for, Abby, but yeah. we'll probably ask Eve. But <laughs> I'm going I'm to say the Crows. I think if the Crows did a win, I think it's going to be close. Um, I think just with the with the the way Port are playing and, and the form they're in at the moment, I think if the Crows are to get over the line again, I think it's it's going to be probably you know in that five to ten point mark again. Yeah. So I'll say the Crows by seven. Eve, I'm going to go the Crows as well. We there's love a, that. There was a there was a little. Sweep. There's a little stat we, uh, that I touched on last week. Uh, defensive efficiency in Port Adelaide ranked 15th. I really think, because they're number one for front half at the moment, Port Adelaide. If the ball gets out the back, they're leaking the seventh most points in the competition. So I don't know if that stacks up against a team that really moves the ball like Adelaide does. Like Adelaide mm. won earlier in the year. We've seen Collingwood put points up against them as well. So I'm going to go to the Crows. By how much, please? Oh, we'll make it close. We'll make it like three points or something three like that, points. just for a little bit of fun. <laughs> I'm going to go Adelaide by 17 points. I like I that. Sorry to all our Port Adelaide listeners. Sorry to all of our Port Adelaide. <laughs> you do sit second on the ladder, but we're going for the 13th side, but that's all right. Hey, good work by you two in this edition of Footy Talk. Enjoy round 20 in a few days' time. Absolutely, we will. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Footy Talk. If you've got a question for us, you can get us at Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow you'll have Daisy and a great man, Josh Bruce. Tune in then. See ya. 
listener.